friends. Welcome to One Kind. This is your host, Kelsey Novitz, and I'm here in episode 63 with my guest, Beth Slazak. She is the manager of education and events at the Creative Education Foundation. So hi, Beth. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kelsey. So start a little bit, start by telling us a little bit more about what that means. Manager of education and events for the Creative Education Foundation. What is the Creative Education Foundation? Sounds Uh, right up my alley. (laughs) it's probably easiest to start like with the person who founded it Mm -hmm. um it was founded by alex osborne and sid parnes alex osborne you don't know how much you're grateful to him but he is the man who created brainstorming oh wow really yeah it's it was started in buffalo we're more than blizzards Mm -hmm. and chicken wings Mm -hmm. So Alex Osborne was the O in BBDO advertising mm-hmm. firm, which still exists. It's it's New York City advertising firm. And he, he was looking at what his uh, creative, quote, team was doing, and he felt this could be applied to real life. Mm-hmm. So he started leading seminars, and he was doing one in Buffalo, where he was from, and a woman said, this feels like a storm in my brain. <laughs> so he like glommed onto that and codified and created the process and was basically out like preaching the value of creative thinking outside of the artistic world to people. He started the Creative Problem Solving Institute, or as we like to call it, SIPSI. And I believe it was the first one Sid Parnes found out about. He was an academic and he drove and just kind of showed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Alex let him in. And the two of them formed this partnership that led to the, the Center for Creative Studies uh, master's degree program at Buffalo State and to the Creative Education Foundation. So, so that master's but, program is pretty new, right? This is like the brainstorming creative uh, master's program is relatively new right yeah well the 50s oh that's not new (laughs) (laughs) I guess I mean you could major in history for the past 150 years so that is okay so it relatively um but I feel like I haven't heard of anybody like making that their major until recently like maybe that there's a trend coming along yeah well with the like the world education forums all saying that what what people are going to need is critical thinking, problem solving, and creativity. Those are the, like the top three for the next decade. People are looking more at, oh, where can I get this? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fallacy to believe that some people are just creative and it's not me. Uh, I think a lot of times people use the word creative and artistic interchangeably. Mm-hmm. And all artists are definitely creative, but not all creative people are necessarily artists. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it's creativity is a skill. It's like learning to drive. You you can learn it. You can learn how to be better at it. You can develop uh, tools and skills to make it easier for you. Awesome. So how did you get involved with this organization? <laughs> um. It, I, I 
had to go back to school for a career change, and I was becoming a certified teacher in social studies. Fifth through twelfth grade, Axe body spray poisoning has survived it. <laughs> That's so uh, true. <laughs> oh, so true. It's it's either Axe body spray or gym socks. <laughs> That's all that a middle school smells like. And so I was getting, I I got my teacher certification in social studies and New York State requires a master's degree. And I was looking at, somewhere online I found a list of like 10 degrees that counted. And creative studies just stood out to me as something interesting, different, and valuable. I was... You know, I was a single mom at the time. I was close to 40. I had just finished a certification that had required me to take. There were some classes that I had to take with, like, people who are excited to be in college. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need to be with grown-ups. <laughs> and uh, so I, I went through the program and I got the degree. And because of that, I started volunteering and attending attending the conference and I got hired to do their logistics for the conference and then uh, just moved my way up. There's a, I'm a very strong uh, defender of attending conferences because that's how you stay on top of latest learning in whatever field you're in. And it has held me in good stead. I love going to conferences. I actually run into this issue where you know, I'm, I feel very creative and very inspired by situations like that. And so I'm in the conference, I have all these ideas going, I'm making these lists. And then I have a really hard time keeping up that momentum when I'm back to like the monotony of like daily life. Um, So I wish I could like harness that feeling that you have of inspiration and make it last. (laughs) I do have a tool. For what that. is it? Tell me. <laughs> it's it's just it's called plan of action, and mm-hmm. it's you have to sit your tuchus down and work out. You've got um, something that you're going to do in the next 24 hours. What you're going to do in short term? That's usually like a month to three months, and then midterm, and then long term, and what it is uh, when you're going to complete it by. Who is going to check up on you? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the big. Yeah, accountability is huge. Yeah, Yeah, everybody needs a loving nag. Mm -hmm. I like that. You have some good quotes. I'm going to write these things down. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Um, So what else, you know, if someone is, you know, interested in this area and wants to get involved, how would they go about doing that? Oh, um, uh... (laughs) The world's longest website, but uh, creativeeducationfoundation.org. It gives a history of, you know, you can look up the history, you can look at the different programs, and there is a link for our conference there. Our conference is open to anyone who wants to register. Mm-hmm. It's, that, and that's the event half of my job title. Okay. We have 400 people, 31 countries. You can be sitting next to a kindergarten teacher on one side and a leader of industry on the other side. And there is a factory worker behind you. It's, we, we joke that our information is only valuable for people with problems. So if you don't have problems, <laughs> we're not helpful. 
Also, if you don't have problems, I would like to know what you're doing with your life. <laughs> because we teach a process for for looking at challenges and it doesn't to us it doesn't matter what the content, what the actual challenge is. It works. I haven't seen it not work for for any kind of challenge. And I've seen teachers use it in classrooms. I've seen people use it to organize office space in a doctor's office. I've seen factories use it to uh, streamline time management and to um, lower uh, injury and um, machine off off kilter times. I, like everyone, anyone, they can be used in almost any arena. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. How often does this conference occur? It occurs every year. Okay. Uh, we're at the University of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It's in June this year. It's June 16th through 20th. Okay. <laughs> I didn't expect to be plugging the conference, but I'm really excited about <laughs> it. I, my, my job is so much fun. Before I did this, uh, I was spray painting umbrellas like you do to <laughs> prototype something for the conference. Um our theme this year is 2020 vision, so I'm. Uh, you would be surprised at what I can turn into an eye oh for that. Gosh. And uh, this year's keynote speaker is Massimo, and he is from Cirque du Soleil. Oh, very cool. I'm super excited to see what he's going to do. Um, I, it, the conference is fun because it's not, it's not plenary. You're not sitting and listening to people talk. Uh, all of our sessions are interactive. And that's why we really hold it at UB because I need 20 spaces that can fit about 25 people that don't have furniture bolted down to the floor because you can, they're moving furniture everywhere. You might be on the floor building with Legos or creating that. Like we have a budget line for pipe cleaners. It's all. <laughs> hands-on, interactive, and that even includes our keynotes have to be entertaining, inspiring, and have to have something that the audience participates with. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just, it's so much fun, and it's so interactive, and your brain is exhausted because you're, like, your hair is on fire. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting all of these new ideas and these new concepts, and um meeting amazing people from everywhere that are inspiring and they work. Uh, I had a friend, she's a vice principal of a middle school and she, we were just talking. She came last year for the first time and she's still in contact with people that she took sessions with. Wow. That's so cool. That's, I might have to sign up for this conference. That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely should. So do you have any good stories from past conferences or examples of, you know, like a breakthrough moment for somebody? Uh, This was years ago. Uh, We had, I was teaching the foundations of creative problem solving class. And that's, you know, introduction to creative Mm -hmm. problem solving. And there was this young gentleman and I'm betting he was like 21. He was, uh, he was pretty pretty young to to attend this conference by himself. Mm-hmm. He just kind of signed up for it. 
but he was going to be an entrepreneur and he was he was working on this challenge he had around this company he was doing i think at that time it was like um cell phone cover cleaners Mm -hmm. because they get all googie and uh he went through the whole class and he kept part of we're like the og of a lot of problem-solving schools of thought, like design thinking, IDEO, uh, all of those things happened and it pulled pulled from this basic process, the design thinking. And um, so we we use prototyping. You know, Mm -hmm. it is fine to fail if you find out what caused it so that you can correct it. And it's, you know, part of that whole mindset of fail forward. Mm -hmm. And so he was doing that and he had... The next year, I think he had like um, athletic wear for people or something. It's, and, you know, iteration, iteration, iteration. And now he's got this huge organization. It's the Asset Recovery Corporation of America, ARCA. And he, uh, excuse me, I'm <laughs> getting all snuffly. Uh, he's got oh, like a dozen employees and he has had internships and he's really like internalized what that experience for him so much so that he he was doing a brainstorming session and we have, there's the, there's the knowledge that wisdom lives in unusual places. Mm-hmm. Everyone, if you're in a brainstorming session, you want to have a wide variety of mindsets and experiences because you never know where the breakthrough is going to come. In if you've been solving the same challenge over and over again, you probably continue to look at the same through the same lens. So you want some different lenses. So he had an intern in his room in in this session, and they had had a they they buy or sell um, consignment like huge lots of things. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, a company is redoing their offices. He'll have all of the, like, the cubicle walls because they've replaced those. Mm-hmm. Um, a school is is redoing uh, buildings, and I remember one time the, the warehouse had like gigantic chalkboards, those ones that would stream across mm-hmm. the whole wall. So we had like they were leaned against the wall, twelve feet high chalkboards. And this this latest challenge they had was a brewery had gone out of business and they had all of the labeled glass uh, beer bottles. And so they were trying to figure out uh, how to turn them around as a product uh, that would not cost them because recycling was going to cost them more mm-hmm. than they had paid for them. So uh, they're, they're looking at, you know, like, uh, another brewery wouldn't want it because they'd have to relabel. The labels were already in and, and going through all of this data gathering. And the intern said, it would be great if we could just smash them. And they followed that rabbit hole to uh, uh, those destruction rooms. Like Oh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, where, so they sold them to, I think it was one in Canada, maybe one in Japan. Uh, to, to these rooms that you just go in with a sledgehammer and break stuff. Wow. And 
it was like this great moment where they were able to make a profit and create value for somebody. And it came from a 18 year old intern who was just there. That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> so apart from creative problem solving, which is what you're involved in, like on a daily basis, you also have a background in improv, right? I, I do. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so my, my focus in grad school had been humor. Mm-hmm. And I attended a different conference. It was Mind Camp, mm-hmm. which is, now it's in Aurelia, about an hour or so outside of Toronto. But I had gone up there with my first year, and I was doing a session on um, humor in the workplace. And when you do that, like you take other sessions and somebody was offering an improv and I'm like, Oh, that would be fun. Mm -hmm. And Oh my gosh. Like I was, my soul was fed. I found my love. And I remember at the end of the session and I've spoke to this woman afterwards and she has no memory of doing it. She's like, that is so unusual. But, uh, we, you know, we're in there for 90 minutes and it's all interactive. And at the end, she, she like cupped my face with her hands and she said, please go find a place to study this. And I went home and I Googled Buffalo improv and Buffalo comedy sports came up and I started taking classes and I performed with them for years. In fact, I just recently, uh, like retired because I'm going back to school for my MBA, and between that and travel for work, oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it's just not cutting it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the level one at comedy sports. It's a lot of fun. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always say I'm going to go back and do the level two, but eventually we'll see. <laughs> eventually, it's it's great fun, and you know, doing that. I I eventually studied at Second City up in Toronto, mm-hmm. and. The improv coincides so well with a lot of the creative problem mm-hmm. solving because that that improv yes and spirit is definitely a creative yes and mm-hmm. spirit also. So, uh, in fact, just today, my coworker and I were planning, we we're going to be doing a training session with teachers in Stamford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been working with them for a couple years and they, they've kind of committed to graduating students, creative students. And uh, we're going to be working with fourth grades to do some applied improv with them uh, based on something that came out of teacher meetings, coaching meetings that we have with them. We, the, the value of applied improv cannot be stated enough. Getting people to be comfortable uh, with risk, to try new things, to communicate, to add to conversations it's it is just such an amazing skill and and it's so much fun to do it's it's scary it's like a roller coaster Mm -hmm. you know some people it's like really really scary but with that scare comes an equal amount of thrill when you do something and the beauty of doing applied improv and I'll tell them whatever you've heard is right so there's very few times in the world that you like, whatever I do is going to be exactly what should happen. So that is a power to have. 
Absolutely. And I feel it's similar to the conference, like you described as like, you know, there are so many different types of people that can benefit from it. Improv is the same way. There's, it's not like, oh, that's just for a creative person or just for actors. It's for really anybody. I, people who work in teams mm -hmm. and that's so many people mm -hmm. now it's a great activity to to facilitate communication and listening and working together for people who anybody who has to stand up and talk in front of people mm -hmm. and anyone who needs to be able to think differently so if like if you're working by yourself and you're you're struggling with a challenge you know Improv is great to do in front of an audience, but it's not a requirement. Right, definitely. You can do some games by yourself to get your mind warmed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I am bad at it, but I <laughs> but I I like it. Like that's like it's so much fun, and it's I guess in my life it's been rare that I've done something that I wasn't good at, and then kept wanting to go back for more. And that's how I felt about improv, like. I would just go back every week and be like, this is so much fun, but I'm just not good. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw growth mindset at oh, you. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> Carol Dweck, she's with that growth mindset. She's given us the power of, yeah, mm -hmm. it's just I'm not good at it yet. And because okay, growth yes. is a skill to yes. just practice that. Mm -hmm. I know uh, comedy sports practices every week and mm -hmm. any other professional group. They're practicing. Right. You know, you can't rehearse because you don't know what's going to happen, but you but can practicing. practice, and that makes it easier to come up with things and uh, speak well without tripping over your words mm -hmm. and uh, work together with people. So mm -hmm. you got it. You're just, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Come to the conference. I know for one of our day-long session somebody's doing an improv session so oh, how fun and her, uh, her name is Katie Gary and she is out of Ohio and she's delightful mm -hmm. excellent so is there anything that we missed talking about your role as a creative creative problem solver trainer <laughs> or um, improv person I I guess when I'm not doing the conference then uh, we're out doing trainings we do a lot mm -hmm. of uh, professional development organizations mm -hmm. will bring us in schools bring us in um we we love when it's hard for us to be sponsored by a large corporation because we don't necessarily meet like any of the the health organizations in western new york there's a lot of them we're we're not like vegetables or things like that but we love it when they can send us into the nonprofits who they do support so that we can make their nonprofits work better. Mm -hmm. It's, it's what, what the, the, the skill set and the mindset and the tool set that we can give to people. It's just there to make what they do easier and more effective and um, improve, improve their work so that they can be more efficient Mm -hmm. absolutely so transitioning into my my set of questions um so if you had to share more of your story to for us to learn a bit, little bit more about you what would you say so I was thinking about this and this is um a co-worker and I came up with this we were doing a session on resilience 
and we used part of an improv game. Uh, the improv game is called Story Spine, and it's it's basically every story follows a spine. You know, once upon a time you meet somebody, you establish what happens all the time, then you make a switch, and and then things happen because of that, mm-hmm. and. That's what we were talking about, was the because of that. Um, I had a moment, like an epiphany moment. I was, <laughs> it was like sunrise, and I was standing on a rooftop deck on an island off the coast of Cancun, which is, a, whatever you're picturing, yes, mm-hmm. like, purpley blue water, gorgeous sunstreaked sky. And I got a call looking for my ex-husband. And I remember realizing that this was not something that I had to deal with. And it, and it took me through my life and the, because of that, um, I had, I got married. I, I had graduated, but I still kind of young and we had three kids and I, we were living like, like the perfect life in my mind. Um, I was a soccer mom and Cub Scout den leader and nursery school leader and doing all of those things. And my husband came home and said he was leaving me. Oh my gosh. And if, if you've been there, you know, it's. We, we see a divorce every day and we think, oh, yeah, you know, 50% of marriages end in divorce. But when it's yours, it's gut-wrenching. And it really, like, pulled the rug out from underneath me. And I, I'm, I still, my life is awesome and I wouldn't trade it, but I'm still a little angry about oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, but because of that, because of him leaving me, I went back to school and uh, I had my, before I got married, I had a bachelor's in history and dance, Mm -hmm. which obviously leads to more schooling. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They're fun and uh, enjoyable and have made me a well-rounded person, but it's really hard to be a history dance person. I don't know. (laughs) So uh, I went back to school and that's when I got my, social studies certification and and because of that I needed to get a master's degree and I found creative studies and because of that I started attending at the conferences and because of that I I got that job at SIPSI and when I was this was when I was running the logistics at SIPSI um, our volunteers at SIPSI are called wings because it's held in Buffalo. <laughs> and we I get it. Knee <laughs> <laughs> slapper. So I was in the Catherine Cornell Theater, which is uh, in UB's Ellicott Complex. And um, I was standing on the stage, which is the floor, and then the, the seats rake up from there. And a woman was, we had just finished whatever main stage event it was, and she's walking down, like, over the seats, they, they mm-hmm. form like, um, like it's, it's, it creates steps. She wasn't like crawling over. Oh, okay. Steps. I pictured her like, actually. Yeah. Okay. I got <laughs> it. It was very, very, <laughs> very safe. It was like this. And I knew, I knew who this woman was. She was, 
she just, she always looks so put together and she's so, so brilliant. And she's walking down the stairs pointing at me the whole time. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh my goodness. <laughs> and she said, I don't know if you know me, but I also run a women's conference about every other year on Isla Mahara, which is in Cancun. I need you. I, we're a small conference. I can't afford to pay you, but I can make it cost zero for you. And so because of all of these these bad things and these hard things and then these new things, I got to be in Mexico. And three weeks later, I was at another conference uh, because of, of some leadership roles there that was in San Diego. So that month I had my feet in both of the oceans. That's amazing. And it was just, I had gone from being a divorced soccer mom who had no idea what she could do to these amazing opportunities. And I'm, I know that I'm blessed, but I also know that I work hard for these things and I say yes to all of these opportunities. And I think that's, that's been the amazing aspect that has come out of my life and out of uh, that journey. Wow. That's an amazing story. And, <laughs> and such a, it shows that you really live like the yes and lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> need some nose in my life but I haven't figured out um I've I've been very lucky I have since remarried um to an amazing man he's he's a boy scout camp ranger so we live at boy scout camp and um uh, I have three children from my my first marriage and a little, a little while ago uh my son had said you know mom thank you for Steve my, my husband's name. Sometimes I wonder if you married him more for me than for you, which is so sweet, but he's, <laughs> he's that, that necessary balance. Right. To my... right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you are, you live at Boy Scout camp right now? Oh. I, yes. If you wow. look out my, my back window, you'll see 600 acres. Of, oh my gosh. Right now, snow. <laughs> <laughs> what is that like? Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, commutes are tough. Yeah. I was very much an early adapter to Kindle and Amazon, mm -hmm. you know, so that I could get things instantly. But, um, in summer, the whole, you know, the, a camp staff comes in and there's troops coming in every week. And, uh, anytime I can sneak away to be at the campfire, I will. Um, it was great when we moved here. My son was in eighth grade, my older daughter was in sixth, and my youngest daughter was in fourth. And so they really kind of grew up mm -hmm. at a camp, which is such an unusual experience. Mm -hmm. And I look at like their childhood versus mine. I grew up in the Bailey Kensington area of Buffalo. I'm, I'm an East Side girl. And, you know, we... We played hide-and-seek on garbage night because there were great things to hide behind. They play epic capture the flag where the lake is the boundary. Wow, that's, yeah, that's quite the contrast. <laughs> <laughs> when 
um, my my middle child, my daughter Katie, was the first to go away to college, and she was very excited because the camp is about six hundred acres, and her college campus was five hundred and ninety acres. Oh my god! So she was she was waiting for the first two truths and a lie when she could say her backyard was bigger than the campus. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> they've they've all worked on staff. We own way more olive green and khaki clothing than most people do. Right. <laughs> I was a Girl Scout for many years, so uh, I get it. <laughs> I was I was a Girl Scout. I was a Girl Scout leader. Um my mom and sister are huge genealogy people, so I know I'm related to Juliet Gordon. What? Get out of here. I'm a, I'm a Gordon on my grandfather's side. That's amazing. So, I love all scouting. Yes. <laughs> um, so now I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all my womankind guests, which is, um, Beth, what does it mean to you to be a woman in 2020? It's... I think to be a woman in 2020 now is to really benefit from the women's work in the twenties and the sixties and to, to really stand up um, and be heard. You know, uh, I was listening to a radio show and Gloria Steinem was on and somebody was asking her if she was like frustrated with all the things that, we take for granted and she's like no that's why we were doing this is so that we could take things for granted and you know I I it never occurs to me that I could not have a credit card in my name or that I couldn't vote because these are all things that I've always had but I think we need to not be complacent because we're not done yet I I would like to get to a point where my daughters or granddaughters would not be concerned about sexual harassment or earning an equal dollar for a uh, you know, dollar-dollar paycheck. I would like those to be things that are also taken for granted. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am frustrated with the mindset that women are lesser or had it coming to them because that's that's baloney I and I still see it when I'm in middle schools I still see that kind of behavior which the one thing that I think that has been great over the past four years is that it's being called out more mm-hmm. um, so let's keep calling it out until it's gone but I think also to be a woman now is is to fight for and take advantage of choices and opportunities that we have to to push those boundaries. Um, there is there is nothing that we can't do. So stop believing that you can't do something. Do it. Just do it. Go forth. You don't have to do it well. You don't have to be the best. You don't even have to do it the way everybody else has been doing it. Just go. You got something? Go and do it. Mm-hmm. That's half the battle right there. Yeah. Actually, yeah. most of the battle. <laughs> yeah. 
Excellent. It's that first step. And yeah, you know what? You might, you might fail epically at it, but you've created a space so that somebody can go behind you and mm-hmm. do it well or and I mean, that's those that came before us felt the same way, but they felt that way about things like the right to vote. And like you said, yeah. like getting a credit card. And um, so, yeah, we're just continuing the work, I guess, is a way of putting it. Yeah. And even, you know, if your choice is to stay at home with your children, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Do that, you know, do do what you want and what you can do. That is, I was lucky. I stayed home with my kids until my youngest was in kindergarten. Um, and that was exactly what I wanted to do. And um, I think that's the other thing it's about being a woman now is, is being supportive of women who are womening differently than you are. You know, like chocolate ice cream is my favorite but I'm not going to stop anybody from having some maple walnut, mm-hmm. you know, go do all the things. Some of the things are staying home. Some of the things are working. Some of the things are going into space, whatever. They're, all of them have value and let's support everybody's, everybody's favorite flavor. I like that. That's, and that gave me a good visual of <laughs> that situation. <laughs> And also more chocolate for me if people are eating the maple <laughs> walnut. Right, yeah. <laughs> Y'all can have the maple walnut. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm taking the chocolate. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what are your least favorite parts of being a woman? Uh, I'm not very tall. And so, <laughs> and I'm a curvy girl. And I deal in creativity and humor. So I get that patted on the head thing. Mm. And just recently I spoke at an event um, where somebody who knew knew me, like knew who I was, um, was surprised to find out that I was intelligent and accomplished. And he was like, I just thought you lived in the country. Like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> like, I can live in the country and train around the world. <laughs> but that whole, uh, th- yeah, that, that, who's this, who's this sweet little girl? That, that'll get my ire up. Mm-hmm. You will see me grow an inch and a half. I'll straighten my spine out. And my, if you see my eyebrows go up, watch your step. Mm-hmm. I've had some business owners on as guests who, you know, were maybe around my age and, you know, a man comes into the shop and is like, well, who's the manager? Who's the owner? And she says, oh, it's me. And he's like, no, seriously. Or, oh, that's cute. Having those kinds of responses. (laughs) Yes. Very frustrating. (laughs) I had somebody come to the door and this was... I was probably in my mid thirties and I, I, I'm, I have a younger aura, I think mm-hmm. about me. People are usually surprised to find out that I'm, um, months away from being 50. Um, but at, at, I, was, I think I was like 35, 
you know, I had three kids at this point and I was a homeowner and somebody came to my door and asked to speak to my parents. <laughs> oh, have at it. One of them lives in, Cal- in mm-hmm. uh, Canada and the other is in the city. So mm-hmm. go for it. Good luck. <laughs> so what are your favorite parts of being a woman? Um, women are not very good at it, but we can do self-care. I, we don't prioritize it, but I love doing self-care. Uh, I love, it's, nobody questions me if I'm going to get a mani-pedi and a massage and a facial and eat chocolate and read a British murder mystery. And those are all things that I love to do. And um, girls' days laughing with my friends. I spend a lot of time with men because I live at a scout camp and Mm -hmm. um, I, I appreciate uh, girls days because Mm -hmm. of that. Definitely. Yeah. How does that affect you or like your daughters as women, like being in that situation with a male-dominated environment by nature. Um, all three of my kids are in, are in college right now, mm-hmm. and I think that that has that has contributed to that assumption of appropriateness uh, that I was talking about earlier. Uh, my youngest daughter is an applied mathematics major, and my older daughter is a speech disorder major and those both are a little more male dominated Mm -hmm. and they don't bat an eye at that Mm -hmm. they have no problems (laughs) telling uh bossing guys around Mm -hmm. like they don't have that males are an authority figure as that is so gone because Mm -hmm. they're used to like telling scouts don't mm-hmm. run or go sit over there or do things like that. So mm-hmm. that having that internal sense of, of leadership, uh, I think they've gotten from, from growing up here. Um, well, that's great <laughs> for me. I'm just very strong against all factory attacks. But I do know, like, I mama all of the guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll know, like, all right, Beth needs to have a talk with you because you're not doing what you know you should be doing. Mm-hmm. I know. All right. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, so is there anything that you think society or the world should know about women but maybe needs a reminder of Or maybe they don't know. Maybe it's something we need to put out there for more people to know. I I think, I don't know if they need to know this, but they should be warned. Um, Women are stubborn and determined. Mm -hmm. So just watch out for that and, you know, get on or get out of the way. You know, I think about uh, that girl Greta, Mm -hmm. uh, the 12-year-old environmentalist. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to rule the world one day, and that'll be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just be prepared 
that women are claiming their space. Mm-hmm. And if, if you have problems with that, then you need to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So that being said, what changes would you like to see for women in the future? Oh, uh, pay equality, more women in leadership positions, um, more women in uh, technology leading that. I think of a lot of like the design world. When, when my children were younger, they started with that when they were little. Little kids are so hard like to dress because they grow up rather than out. And so when they started doing the, the jeans, the inside band of elastic and button hooks so that you could pull the jeans tighter, I'm like, that was, that was so coming from a mom. Mm-hmm. And things like that that you look at that you're like, you need to get that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having more people giving that perspective will create useful change in the world. I mean, that's like true. Like so many, you know, when I was younger, um, maybe I just wasn't aware. And also because of, so we didn't have social media yet. So there were a lot of things that I wasn't aware of, like certain companies. And now like a lot of, products that are made for women and even products that aren't made for women I buy from companies that are like have a female CEO or a female founder and like I just feel like there's been such an evolution even with like like period products that are made a little bit in a way that makes more sense um and like bras that like actually fit like things like that like if you know women are taking the lead on things like that things that even they were for women, but being created by men for some reason. Um, so yeah, I, I really appreciate, like in small ways that has like changed a lot of things for me. Small, subtle changes add up. Mm-hmm. And, and the more we can get these, these little tweaks, you know, my mascara is Thrive Cosmetics and mm-hmm. uh, supporting, because that supports other women also. Mm-hmm. And, and taking all of these little steps Sometimes it's a little more expensive. Sometimes it's a little harder, but mm-hmm. it builds up to create so much energy, mm-hmm. uh, uplifting energy. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me see. Um, okay, so who are the women that you most admire? Um, the women in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, have all been amazing and including my daughters. I am so impressed at what my daughters do and how they do it. Um, my mom was a single mom and she put herself through school to become a librarian, a school librarian, uh, single mom made sure I have a 10 year perfect attendance trophy in dancing. <laughs> and you know, that wasn't because of me. That was because my mom was getting me to my dance classes mm-hmm. and making sure that I ate and mm-hmm. all of those things. Um, and my my grandmother, when uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire came out and they had that uh, phone a friend, we always joked, my grandmother knew everything. Uh, she, she had never had the opportunity for higher education, but read so voraciously. She, she had like a 
book in the dining room, a book in her bedroom, and a book in the living room. And <laughs> her day would rotate between them. She knew everything about everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some The women with whom I work, um, our director, Beth Miller, uh, is a constant inspiration. Uh, somebody who has risen above challenges and has gone on to do great things. The, the women in my field, um, Suzanne Chamberlain, Liz Monroe Cook, all of these women that are strong, brilliant, successful women who are carving out paths for other people to follow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, I like to see, people usually do say people that are, like, close to them in that answer, um, which I think is great because, like, we are surrounded by these people all the time. It doesn't have to be someone who's, like, you know, yeah. a figure in, like, a movie or, like, a politician or something. These are, like, women that are around us every day, which I think is pretty great. And I think, really, like, women I admire, the ones who are living their dreams, mm-hmm. the ones who are doing the things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but Taylor Swift has that new... Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. Netflix. Yeah, I just, you know, anybody who is doing, doing what they want, mm-hmm. actually risking themselves um stepping out on a limb Mm -hmm. I admire I admire you for doing that Mm -hmm. absolutely tell my listeners one more time if they want to get involved and head to a conference um if they want to get involved in improv how how can they do these things (laughs) um www.creativeeducationfoundation.org uh the creative problem solving institute Google those, Google uh, improv in the name of your town. Mm-hmm. Comedy sports is fantastic for education. Second City is great. If you're in Chicago, go to I.O. Go see a show. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing. Um, any any of those places, you know, mm-hmm. now with, the, with uh, all of the Google power activate you can you can find us and come and check us out and if you come to the conference come up and say hi to me I would love to meet you amazing anybody and come to the conference you will not regret it yes so if you're in the Buffalo area or even if you're not in the Buffalo area come on out to the conference in June Buffalo has a lovely airport you can get to us (laughs) it's a it's a very easy to navigate airport yes Well, Beth, thank you so much for being here. This was delightful. Um, Listeners, if you're looking for Womankind, you can find me on um, Instagram and Facebook at Womankind Podcast. You can email me at womankindpodcast at gmail.com or on my website, www.womankindpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Bye, friends. Bye.